Don't stop believing. Hold on to that feeling, yeah. Street lights, people. <laughs> okay, that's all I got. <laughs> that's all we need, man. Darren, thank you so much, man. Uh,. I know it's always a little bit of a pain to get the song going out of it, but it's just like, this is our thing. It's the show. It's all it is. We just break the ice. We get going. That's it. So welcome to the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to talk. So this is going to be good because I was actually just off mic. I was just talking about this is the first show that I might not know exactly what we're going to talk about, mm. but you're going to enlighten us, right? Because you've been at this for how long now? You, your dad started at 25, no, 20, almost 30 years now. Yeah, I think uh, about 28 years ago, all temp uh, was started just okay. for short form because it's a mouthful, all temperature thermal insulation is limited. But um, I've been at it, uh, you know, ever since uh, the summers between high school years you know um but consistently i've been at it for almost 15 years now so was that the plan from the old man or was that your plan or were you on a different path definitely a different path okay i'm curious i just what was the other option so my parents you know i think like a lot of uh parents you know parenting my generation they kind of pushed me away from the trades yeah. you know it's an and it's got ramifications still today you know we we have this labor shortage and all this kind of stuff that's always on the top of mind but uh yeah it was you know kind of go down the path to use your brain get an education and and then you can you can have a nice comfy desk job was kind of like the the uh the go-to right so well i mean two out of those three are still construction related right you know use your brain right <laughs> well yes exactly Good experience well not that the office job that's the only difference unless you become a site super of some sort right right then you crave that well there's so many different avenues now like you you can go into you could you could be in the construction industry and focus on marketing yeah you can focus on social now you can focus consulting yeah just coaching yeah like there's other people that have been in other fields that have figured out how to help you pr build your business better right mm. so there's lots of opportunities not just about swinging the hammer but i think everybody starts swinging the hammer right how I, long was your dad doing it for Oh, he was doing it ever since he was 18. So, oh, wow. Yeah, and my, my grandfather did it before him. So, um, yeah, the mechanical insulation runs in the blood. And uh, he, my, my dad ended up in 95 getting laid off, but he was brought into the office before that. Okay. So he got a little bit of exposure to how to estimate and how to, how to run work. You know, they, they pulled him for that, and it got really slow um, at that time for the industry in general. So he got laid off, and he's like, hell, I can do this. So he just started up himself. And I love hearing stories like that. And that he, was right before the really bad recession that we had. Right. Right. Yeah. Like it would have been before my time. Like I would have been in school still. Um, but uh, I, so I, I didn't, I didn't feel the effects no. of that. I didn't know, no. even know what was going on. Right. No. In 95, I would have been, you know, 10 years old. So let me share the deets with everybody. Right. Uh, how do you pronounce your last name? Sloan. Sloan. Oh, Sloan. Sorry, I thought that was a V there. Darren Sloan, All Temperature Thermal Insulations, LTD, owner, uh, manager, 27 years the business has been around, www.alltempinstallations.com, and Darren at alltempinsult.com. Right. Correct? Yep. And then on Facebook, it's All Temperature Thermal Insulations, and then no Twitter, but on IG, you're all underscore temperature underscore installations, and then LinkedIn under your name, which is Darren Sloan. Cool. Where do we want to begin this? So, so what exactly is it that you guys do? So mechanical insulation, we're insulating mechanical system components. So mostly, you know, it could be we're insulating a chiller. 
We're insulating a boiler. We're insulating the piping uh, associated with that type of equipment. We're insulating um, it, like the ductwork for an HVAC system. Okay. Um, I, my first question to you, I know majority of the work is commercial industrial related. Right. I wanted to see it in residential. Right. Is it ever going to get into residential or it, homeowners can't afford it? Yeah, I think there's there's a certain level of cost benefit analysis I think that goes on and it just it hasn't broken through yet. Okay. Um, I think it will, to be honest, especially in some of these custom homes. Like I, I've walked into a couple of custom homes in the past year where they're like a small building. I know. I've and walked into the mechanical room and, and I'm in awe because I, I'm 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 excited about how much pride there is in there. Right. The way it's actually built, right. assembled. And, and set up for service and future care. Right. It's done really well. Right. And so, yeah, you're right. It's, it's almost like a mini condo, mini building. Mm. That's what it is. And it turns out great. So now they're applying it and that you guys go in and you take care of it at that point for those certain type of builds, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, we, we don't have too much experience in, in, the, in the residential sector, but um, like a recent project, we actually went in to fix up some insulation because it was just done like improperly and it was condensating in the ceiling space of a house, you know? Oh, so okay. you, you, it like this house had its own chilled water system. So, um, and what just wasn't done properly, it wasn't sealed didn't have a complete vapor barrier, which can be an issue, especially in these months coming up. So it's interesting because your scope, you're literally tackling building envelope. Uh, no, no. Well, no, no. I, when I, when I say that, I mean, you're dealing with, thermal dynamics about heat and cold exchanges and separations you're dealing with ductwork that has to stay cold or hot on one right. side and then it has to stay cold and warm or whatever on the other side so if it's not done properly science class happens right and starts to fail right. so that's what i mean is like you guys are taking intricate lines and you have to be meticulous about all the workmanship that mm -hmm. you do and if it's not done properly it starts to fail quickly because the system is being used seasonally right that's what i meant by that right mm -hmm. so and then so is it easy that you have i guess certain companies that will not do that extra care oh for sure and that's how you come across problems then yeah like there's it's an easy uh line of work or industry to take shortcuts i find mm -hmm. you know like mechanical insulation in a commercial in a commercial project it might be as little as 2% of the total cost of a project. Really? So um, that's where I kind of find it kind of funny because, you know, it's such a small portion of the overall budget for a project, but that's where you, you might see some of these shortcuts being taken or, um, but it's, it's because it's such a small portion that I think it kind of gets, um, I don't know, relegated to something that's not as important. It's kind of funny because in my early years of construction, when I was getting started, I was fascinated by heat loss calculations, right? And mm -hmm. it, what I knew about ductwork is that tin men, right? Tin men and women, you guys are just cutting stuff up and banging it together and clipping it all stuff. But then you start discovering there's holes everywhere. Like it's not completely sealed. And mm -hmm. then we started introducing paste and we started to introduce all these mm -hmm. other products and things like that. But there's education behind all of it. And so as a building wise, you're saying it's, it's, it's such a small amount of the budget but it can be. Sometimes it's it's more. Depending. But but the, but the cost analysis of if you if it's not done properly, you're you're wasting so much energy. Exactly. That it becomes a bigger cost analysis at that point, right? Right. Right. So I think that's that's kind of I feel like that narrative that I was touching on there, where it's not really thought of prominently. I think that's kind of going away. I think it's a 
good time to be a part of our industry just because you can see it everywhere. There's, there's, it's the world's going green. Yeah. You know, it's efficiency. Like no one is anti-efficiency. You know what I mean? I love showing off my utility bills, right? Right. I love showing off that the gas is so low. I love showing Mm. off that water isn't that much consumed, right? Mm. Like I love showing off these numbers, especially the condo people with their maintenance fees, Mm. right? Especially here in Toronto, because some people's maintenance fees are actually higher than their mortgage payment. Mm Mm-hmm which is absolutely insane. That's a whole other argument, right? It's crazy. But I love showing that, you know, you start showing in in the height of a winter month, gas bills that maybe just tickle $200 in one month. Mm. So you're obviously doing something correctly in the way it's been laid out. So I love having those conversations with mechanical teams talking about how can we do this differently, better, still be cost conscious, Mm. but be so effective down the line. Right. That's where you guys come in. Yeah, we're part of it, right? Like we, like it's, it's, a team effort like the the proper equipment has to be chosen by the mechanical contractors or the engineers and then it's got to be insulated properly to maximize the efficiency right would your dad have been part of the day of wrapping i've done enough jobs in toronto where we were wrapping pipes with the asbestos wrapping right Mm. would he have been part of that whole like they were doing it back then at that time that's a good question i don't know if he actually did it himself but he definitely would have replaced it it would have been yeah even even we're part of projects where um we don't actually do the removal like an environmental no you gotta get a crew yeah yeah like they'll do it but we're a part of a lot of those projects where we do the re-insulation um you know it'll get removed and then we're we're making it whole again um insulated properly and and with the new new materials but yeah my dad would have been exposed to it for sure and i think my grandfather would have probably actually yeah would have installed it so well i mean it was technically speaking a good insulator right and as long as you don't touch it doesn't go airborne right you're perfectly fine right but everybody touches it and it goes airborne and then you're not perfectly fine right and right. then you won't know until later on in life right if something happens right what so can you walk us through the process like what are you guys doing what materials are you using how you guys i guess how you guys working the joints and splits i mean I'm, I'm sure that when you walk in especially if it's a more complicated building it's a spider web at that point, right? Right. And now you have to tackle every line, right? Are you just chasing each line and figuring that out? Or are you just tackling the whole project and just kind of going from it? So it, it depends. Like we, we kind of have two branches, I, uh, for lack of a better word, two branches of the type of work we're going to do. Like we're, we're doing new construction yep. where we're, you know, we're bidding on a project through a mechanical company. And, you know, it's going to be either built from the ground up or it's going to be a retrofit fit or an addition to like a school or something. Okay. So, um, w- you know, typically what's done there, the, the building gets erected and the roof gets sealed. And once it's watertight, then we can come in and start insulating the supply duct work. Um, um, and we can start insulating the, the plumbing and, and then the heating systems, the piping and stuff like that. But if it's um, the other branch is kind of specific to um, actual facility maintenance. So we'll come in and, and, Maybe over time there's been repairs and um, insulation has been hacked off here to replace a valve or fix a leak and we'll come in and just put, patch it up. Yeah, and, yeah. Make it make it good again. So, and then I guess are there stricter rules when it comes into schools and I guess commercial buildings or like I guess there's supervision or something like that or is there I'm a, I'm just assuming here that you guys or is it still the same amount of work? It doesn't matter. You guys are tackling it. It's still exactly the same. Oh, it shifts depending on the spec. So, okay. Um, like there's like definitely there's more specialty work when it comes to a, like a pharmaceutical facility for, yeah. for, or, or a food production facility. Like you might have uh, different uh, types of material that'll be used or um, different 
different thicknesses depending on the system too. Um, yeah, so there's definitely there's definitely change there's definitely differences, and even from the commercial sector to the industrial sector, it, our trade changes drastically. Do you guys have the numbers? I'm curious. Do you have the numbers on when you insulate it? Mm. What are we containing? Like if you if you got a certain run that's running and you got a certain heat that's being exposed from it, it's not insulated. Once you guys insulate it, what are we saving? Like how much are we containing that heat in that line that? Or is that too difficult to calculate? I'm just assuming. No, there's there's software programs that can calculate it. Got so it. Yeah. I like um, to just. I could actually give you one one example. So um, this uh, there's let's say it's a 350 degree or sorry 350 degree Fahrenheit uh, steam pipe yep. section. Let's say eight feet. So um, this is one of the best parts about. Um, that I like about mechanical insulation kind of geek out on this stuff, yeah. but it's like, um, like offsetting greenhouse gas emissions is one of the benefits of insulating yeah. mechanical systems. So let's say, um, I think if, if I can remember the numbers correctly, um, a truck that's driven for maybe 32,000 kilometers, that might be a year's worth of driving a pickup truck, um, that produces about 18,000 pounds of carbon dioxide. Okay. And that can be offset by insulating just eight feet of a four-inch diameter steam pipe operating at 350 degrees Fahrenheit. That dramatic? Yeah. Really? And, and to think of an equivalent um, measure to offset, like that would be like, I think it's something like planting 300 and something trees or changing 300... Uh, old style light bulbs to LED energy efficient LED light bulbs. Yeah. It's something like 350 light bulb changes, but eight, eight feet of insulation. So that's a huge difference. It's a, yeah. And that, but that's a, that's a particularly uh, high temperature system too. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's, it just shows you right there. I love, I love seeing that stuff and I love seeing um, like breaking out the infrared camera and seeing like the before and after like, uh, maybe in a facility or something. We're in a hospital. They have all this steam piping. I love going there for the before pictures, taking infrared and then taking it after. It's so dramatic. So the pipe itself originally would be what size diameter, and then when you guys add your insulation over it, what size diameter does it become at that point to reduce that? So that for that specific example, it was yeah. a, it was a it would be a four inch pipe. Okay, and then two inch insul- two inch uh, pipe covering. So the diameter would be eight inches. Eight inches. Yeah, and it's making that much of a dramatic difference. Yep. Wow, yeah. that's huge. Yeah, that's and you guys cool. aren't just doing eight feet. You're doing the whole. You're doing the whole system. The idea is that you guys get in there at the same time the mechanical team gets in there, and so you have the space to reach and get into all the nooks and crannies, right? Right. But it's it's really um, something to take into account when you're looking at these other at, at existing facilities. They and they're looking for cost savings. They're looking for um, to try and. Um, to me, it's a no-brainer. Why right. not just bring you guys in and do it? Especially with all these sustainability initiatives now, like it's this is an easy fix, but it's sometimes overlooked a little bit. But I think more often than not, now it's starting to people are starting to realize that it can do its part. So the governments are actually offering for for I guess high rise, they're offering sort of initiatives. Or I I want to do a little bit more research into this. I think there is some. Um, some rebate programs for buildings okay. to um, to implement sustainability initiatives, and I think insulation. I definitely I know um, like building envelope insulation yeah. is part of it, and like attics and stuff in the residential space. Yep. So you can get 
kind of rebates. And I, th- I believe there is an avenue to get some compensation with regard to commercial buildings as well, but I just don't know it exactly, but it's definitely an opportunity. It's, yeah, it's probably there. And it's just, I'm assuming that the buildings still won't reduce their maintenance fees. Yeah. They'll save the money, but they won't reduce maintenance fees, right? Maybe. Because it's just like you can't take money away from the kid. The kid's going to always want to keep the money, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I, I I heard you talking about that. Uh, you know, these maintenance budgets or from TTC or whatever. Yeah, it was yeah, before. this is absolutely insane. And everyone knows that the, the common thread of the argument is like, if we don't spend it this year, we won't get it next year. Right. That's not justification to keep on spending. Yeah, it shouldn't be like that. It should be like, why don't we improve this year so then next year is going to be less, so then we can improve next year and then keep on improving every single year. Could you imagine if you guys went into all these older buildings that weren't built this way or done this way Mm. and taking care of that stuff, what their carbon footprint would be? Right. Dramatic change. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's why I love, (laughs) that's why I love this, this trade. Like I, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to, to find where areas where we can help. Like, I'll give you another example. I was just in, um, and this is where you can find, you know, some, some shortcuts getting taken that can affect um, the quality of, of an install. Okay, yeah. So um, there's a facility out east um, close to where I live in Clarington, and it's three years old, brand new. Looks awesome from the outside. Looks awesome mostly from the inside, too. But then you go into the mechanical room, and there's just, there's a, the one mechanical room has six pumps, um, chilled water pumps okay. they're all exposed not insulated and it's like chilled water especially that just it has to be insulated not only just for the efficiency of the system but for co- potential condensation issues are they pumping more heat during winter months in that room to offset the coolness that's arriving in that environment or no or is that, or is that environment getting that extreme to the point where you've got these for the condensation you mean yeah well yeah in the warmer like the the humidity level yeah. in the summer and the just the warmer temperatures are just you so know you feel it's like walking into a greenhouse or you, you you'll feel the environment change oh yeah for sure it's not as conditioned in a mechanical space but it is a conditioned space but it when there's when those when that equipment is working um to its to its full um to its full but, uh, well it's a max so potential or something like that it's right. just it's just it's aren't you damaging the equipment sooner oh for sure by doing that by not having an insulating me yeah 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 for sure like that's one of the that's one of the benefits of of our trade is is uh you're protecting you're you're uh increasing the longevity of equipment because if it's gonna if it's gonna condensate like in the summer it's just got to work harder like a cooling system's got to work harder in the summer right yeah. just just to kind of maintain the operating temperature and because it's working harder, it's going to be at lower temperature, which is going to make it easy, more. It's going to make it condensate more easily, and that's going to rust. It's going to corrode. Um, like we like we walked into again. This is a brand new building. We walk in, you can see puddles. No, like you know from the and you can see the rust on the joints. Do you, like and, Darren, do you think it's done on? I mean, purpose. Like you think it's done so then we'll have future service work for the building. I don't think it's done in like that. I don't know if it's that nefarious. Okay. Maybe in some cases I can't, obviously I can't say for sure, but I think in, in, in this specific case, I think it's, it's the, uh, the rush to the bottom bid process. And that was when you say a brand new building, less than five years, it's three years old, three years old. Right. Wow. And everything's fine now, but 
you know, the life cycle of that equipment's going to be shorter. Who knows? It might be a year. It might be two months. It might be 10 years but shorter. This is equipment that's supposed to last decades, right? Like, right. Technically speaking. So, and it, the funny thing, and this is what I, this is why I'm appreciative to be on a podcast like this, because yeah. even when we went in, I walked into this room because we were there for a different project. We're insulating some a water line that got replaced. Okay. Um, and there was a connection in this chiller room and the, the building operator took me in here just to take it, take a look at it. And then, um, I noticed all the, all the pumps that were uninsulated and I'm like, you spoke up. I, I can see all the puddles and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, do you want this issue handled? Like it doesn't need to condensate like this where it's becoming a slip hazard and it's, you know, it's rusting the equipment. He's like, I didn't even know that was an option. I thought this is just, you just have to live with the condensation. It's just something that happens. I'm like, no, if this is insulated properly. This is, and this is, his title is what? He's the building site super kind of, or site manager? So this is, yeah, it would have been like, um, like a, the building operator. Okay. Like, I guess right. manages the, the. How does he not know that this was an option? Yeah, I don't know. That's so it was thing, just normal to have pools of water on the ground <laughs> in a building that's supposed to be completely airtight and sealed and built properly. That's three years old. All right. I think, yeah, I think he, you know, somebody like that probably knows it shouldn't be like that, but then to bring it up as a major issue and then, you know, and then there's these budgets and stuff, right? Like then he's going to have to get money and get approval. Because still, I submitted a quote for that. Who knows if they're going to do it, so. So you, you can't walk in and see something that's wrong and not speak up or suggest here's oh, a no. solution. I, I'm, I can't help it now. Yeah. You know, so I see it all the time now, especially with, especially with steam systems. You know, like I was just saying with that example, with that four inch pipe, like if I see exposed steam, I'm like, that's so much energy loss. Like I, I had, um, I had a, a post that I made on LinkedIn and it was uh, in a hospital and they had some exposed steam valves and exposed piping, and it's so hot. Like I got the uh, I got the infrared photos of it, and I it just got me thinking. I'm like, I wonder, like I could cook an egg on this. So I brought like on the therm on the cam. You got like it was that much of a of a heat zone. Yeah on on the on the actual uh, flange or the valve and, and the piping. So I brought in a, I brought in a pan. And an egg. No, did I you really? Cracked it on I there. I see the post. I, I, I got to see that. Yeah, I got a video. And got, you actually did? I got a video and I cooked it. Did you make hollandaise sauce too or what? <laughs> <laughs> no. Egg, I, eggs I, Benny by steam, right? Normally I'm an over easy guy too. So, but like I just kept that one sunny side up and, you know. But that's just, that's sad that, that you can, that's also dangerous too, man. Like yeah. think about it. If the wrong person doesn't realize that. It touches that, yeah. Yeah, that's like, that's, I'm assuming three to or third degree burns right yeah i'm assuming oh yeah our, you know i've i've had lots of burns and our guys have had lots of burns you know reaching in especially obviously in new construction you're not going to have that issue because the system we're insulating the systems they're going to be tested for for leakage and stuff but they're not going to be on yeah but like when we're working in a existing facility and maybe they can't shut it down you know you got to be aware like of at a, like at a hospital yeah you're it's it's uh it's a bit of an ordeal but you guys got to get some like predator goggles or something like that <laughs> so you can see all the heat films, <laughs> yeah. right and see if it works but then you don't see anything else right <laughs> <laughs> yeah that'd be pretty cool wear those in the steam tunnels <laughs> but i mean it, it becomes how big is the crew that you guys are working with now when you guys go in and take care of i guess a new construction versus repairing or like how many bodies you guys got coming in there uh you know for 
I think uh, like we did a YMCA, for example, and we might just have a, we're relatively small, uh, a crew of like three or four guys. Got it. You know, a school, um, like we just, we're doing um, uh, an office, one story office building in Lindsay. We've got, you know, one, two guys there kind of off and on. So our our trade, um, you know, we're one of the last ones there. Yeah. And we might not have the, the manpower footprint that some of the other trades might require. So, so I want to ask you, is the industry aware of you? Like, do they realize how essential you are to the building process of construction? Some, some do, okay. but some don't, you know, or some, some know and don't know the, the extent of what we can provide. So, for example, um, I was talking to a mechanical contractor actually earlier today, and um, we were talking about a project that they're bidding, and it has uh, heat pumps on the roof. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so there's refrigeration lines going there. Yeah. And um, you know, some specs require the refrigeration lines to be um, cladded, so they'll have like an aluminum jacketing on it to protect yeah. it from the elements, not not just the um, <laughs> bless you, bless. not just the um, the 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 uh, bare insulation, yeah. like the Armaflex. It's always a good idea because UV will just beat that up and yeah. over time you'll have to replace it anyway. Right. Yeah. Well, that's 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 one thing we do all the time. That, um, But anyways, this contractor, they didn't even they didn't even realize that uh, or they've never even seen it because, you know, it's not, um, it's not widespread where it's on every heat pump that it's done, you know? But It's funny you bring that up because whenever I've been in that situation where we, we have no space, so we have to park pumps on the roof, right? So you start planting those things where they're going to go, depending on the size of it, if it's two units or one unit or even a large unit or whatever, and you got all these lines running. Mm. My first thought, and it wasn't because of the education about what you guys do, my first thought was I just wanted to protect those cables because I'm just thinking about full sun year round right and so i always have conversations about let we need to design something to cover this up like mm. make it aesthetically pleasing but it's also protecting that sheathing at that point right so it's funny that you're bringing that up it's it's there's an actual real purpose other than aesthetic right behind it like are you um are you talking specifically about the piping there or? yeah just the piping itself because the mm. thing is i mean i just did a, a job two years ago where we we ran all the lines to the roof. It was right. a flat roof application and we ran all the lines up there. Right. And you're just seeing a spider web up there and you're trying to get it all contained and organized properly. But then I'm like, we got to cover this stuff. Right. Like we have to protect it somehow. Yeah. Like, I mean, you imagine if you're on this roof all year round and you'd have a gorgeous suntan, but the thing is you'd be eating away at this material too. Right. Which makes it worse. Yeah. And there's, and there's a, uh, there's a few options when it comes to that, that type of install too, with like the refrigeration lines. Like we typically do, the aluminum cladding because yeah. you know on a cooling tower we'll we'll provide aluminum cladding for something like that too and it's just smaller diameter piping for a heat pump or something yeah but um but yeah there's there's cool products like uh k-flex um that black rubber insulation yeah um yeah. Uh, k-flex is one of the manufacturers they have a product uh, product called um titan it's a k-flex titan um pipe covering okay um and it's got like kind of a built-in like weather barrier so you can just like one one step install and it's protected um, as opposed to just the regular K-Flex or Armaflex or whatever you use because that stuff is just going to be gone in a couple of years. Um, I find it that it seems like you taking over third generation now working on the business. I'm sure that your dad probably had a hard time or probably didn't even do it, the educational side of the business. But you're, it seems like you're finding that you have to be more of an educator of this industry. 
versus when he was doing it, it wasn't. It was just like he was getting the jobs and doing the work, but he didn't really want to speak about, okay, this is what it should be done, or I found this, this is what should be done. You're seeing everything, and you're starting to educate people, explain that this is how it should be done. Mm. Yeah, that, you know, maybe that's a good insight. I think, uh, you know, specifically talking about my dad, I, he was more relationship-oriented. And yes. I got to be... You know, in this business, you're going to be relationship oriented no matter what, right? Yeah. Like you got to work together. You got to communicate to, to, to construct, right? But um, yeah, like I, I kind of take pride. I like doing, doing that. I like finding the data and trying to share it. And, you know, it's, it's a way that I can help people and provide values. It's kind of. Are you getting a lot of people that are just glassy eye, just glazed over? They're just. Oh, sure. You get, <laughs> you get those. Yeah. <laughs> But it's just some people don't care because it's not fascinating stuff. But I guess it's if you got a data sheet and a spreadsheet, or whatever, and you're just lifting it up and you're explaining that whole analogy that you explained about the car, mm. that's fascinating. Mm. Then they kind of relate and connect it to the building, and they start realizing, wait a minute, there's right. a huge savings attached to this, right? Yep. If we did yep. all this stuff properly, yep. Because like I think you know you you touched on it again. Like my my dad, I think it was different. It was just. You know, it has business, to, it business. Ha, well, and it had to be done, like obviously, yes. you know, in a lot of cases, but there wasn't really the the need for the explanation. It was just, you know, it was almost like even when I started in the trade, it was, I didn't, I didn't take it so seriously. I was like, you know, I'm just, I got to do it because my dad's. I'm wrapping pipe. Yeah. I'm, I'm slapping on pipe covering, you know, to make, make a few bucks. In yeah. This, you know, so it's, that's how it went. But it's a lot more than that. But there's purpose behind it. And I like bringing that up to like our guys, like, you know, I, I feel like that's, it goes a long way for um, guys to take pride in their work and to actually enjoy what they do. If they like, they feel there's meaning there and there's a purpose to what they do. And like, I always try and try and, you know, showcase that, you know, we help, we help people. We protect, we protect people because we're covering like hot and cold services. are not going to burn themselves. Yeah. We, we protect um, assets like the buildings themselves and the equipment because, you know, if it's insulated properly, it's not going to corrode. It's not going to, it's, it's not going to condensate and cause mold issues in a ceiling space or something like that. And then we can, we protect the environment through like, through the better efficiency of the system too. So, and we should be, I mean, like we've got so many poorly built buildings going up these days. And like you said earlier, everyone's just raced to the bottom and whoever got the lowest bid mm. got the job, mm. but then they're building it a certain way because they got the job, mm. but now you're creating other problems as a result of it. When we should actually be spending, I honestly believe that for the budget that is allocated, you can build a far better building. Right. But you're not. Mm. It's kind of the same way of government tendering jobs. You think the pockets are getting lines? <laughs> and it, Do I think? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I know. Right. <laughs> right. But I just don't want to knock on the door, right? right. Like I, I eventually have to have bodyguards run maybe because I don't want to get spoken to i guess <laughs> is, the, is the gentlest word i can use right. but I, I yeah i definitely think that uh well it's human nature first of all to take mm. advantage of a situation mm. if you can take advantage of a situation that's what like you were mentioning you've seen the work where right. there's possibilities of cutting corners so that you don't do the work you do the work just good enough right and then it gets approved and the building moves on maybe it fails in five years maybe it doesn't fail most likely it will right and then you're called in and serve and then it becomes a cycle right I don't want that. We should, I mean, I, I know a lot of guys, I'm more on the commercial, on the, on the resi side, the custom. We built things to sort of, like, we don't want it. We want it to just be worn out and we want it to almost just want a paint job. We don't want it to be rebuilt again. Like, I, I think it's disgusting that kitchens are being renovated after 10 years. Mm. 
just because whatever you've got the pockets or you've got the style change and you want to change everything but no that kitchen should last longer than that should, should last generations right right so we can build that way we we should build that way right but at that should come in commercial land too first like especially when you're doing condos sometimes i get nervous when i look at these high rises they're so high and you start realizing you talk to people and there's like 300 units in there 300 families 300 couples kids they're all on top of each other you got these maintenance systems that are feeding everybody hot and cold water on demand all this stuff it needs to be running smooth you yep. shouldn't have any headaches at that point right yeah but I, are the headaches designed for future service calls are they done on purpose or not? We don't know, right? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I think it might actually come down to the culture, or at least part of it is is the culture. Like, and we just we just kind of touched on it a little bit, where you know we at least I used to do it just to make money. Yeah, we all started. Well, right. Yeah, we all started that way. Well, and then at least for me, like I've shifted where I kind of just want to help people, like. And this is my, this is where my expertise is now. Yeah. So this is where, this is the best way that I can provide value. This is the best way I can provide a service and I can help make the world a better place or however lame that sounds. But like, it's kind of true. But it's very true. But so I think if we shift instead of, instead of our work just being about the dollar, about making money, like if we can um, instill better values in the next generation of a construction worker, I think it, it will it will maybe help mitigate these issues. I think it's happening there. I, I to, I'm totally as much as I may have dogged on the younger trades, and and I don't completely buy into the laziness side of that kind of uh, cliche stereotype or whatever. I think that they have far more opportunities to learn that craft faster mm. and to improve that craft. Mm. That's how I see them now, right? Mm. So they they have so many opportunities to find resources that will help their craft and their business far better and faster than we did. And also see the greater purpose of it too, right? 100%. So that's what it is. And so then that's what the driving factor. I think once they realize that, so if they, let's say in your trade, like you're educating the younger ones, they see that value of the energy savings. They see what the, the cause and mm. effect of it is later on they'll start to push it as well. They'll, they'll be a, an advocate for it at that point. So then all of a sudden we've got another one on our side and they're helping us and, and get like that, right? Right. Are you, should you be getting involved in the building spec process a lot sooner than you already are? Um, we There's avenues for that now. Okay. But, but definitely, yeah, we definitely should, 100%. And that's, that's why... Some of our, um, like, like some of our associations, that's where they come in, right? Okay. There's, you know, in Ontario here, we have the Masters Insulation Association of Ontario. And then um, there's the Thermal Insulation Association of Canada, which is TIAC. I actually volunteer on, on the board for TIAC. Okay. I represent contractors in Ontario. Um, wow. But so like that, that's exactly what that's for. You know, we, wanna, we want to have a unified voice to, um, to, to talk to engineers and stakeholders and make sure that, you know, our voice is heard and it's considered and, and the benefits are, are, can be realized. Can you, um, I guess without stepping on any toes, can you like, who's got the best systems out there? Like, I'm just curious, mechanically speaking. I mean, we always hear certain names, but I'm just curious. I always rather just ask. Right? Be best systems? Well, just brand wise, like who's making really good systems that work properly and last a long time have fewer faults to them 
I mean, without getting into the really expensive stuff, I'm not looking for like the McLarens of, you know, boiler systems or even chillers or all that kind of stuff. I'm just trying to figure out who's actually doing really good product. Hmm. Well, this one might not be very popular, especially if you've got a lot of HVAC guys. But yeah, I'm curious. Like, um, from an insulator's perspective, like, um, we don't like Victolic piping. Really? Yeah. So, first of all, it's going to be more expensive to do that because it's it, it's harder to insulate that the you know the joints okay. and the elbows of a Victolic pipe as opposed to like a welded smooth welded pipe, right? Okay. Um, and you got to have special um, um, PVC covers if it's in exposed me- mechanical room or something like that. And then, um, yeah, I, I, there's, it's harder to insulate Victolic as well. So then you open up, um, you open up potential issues with chilled water, per se. Like, um, it's, it's, there's less room for error okay. on, the, on an insulator's uh, scope of work when it's something like Victolic. So there's one for you. I know. So that, no, I'm, just, I'm just curious, right? And you, you might get, I wouldn't say you're going to get hate mail, but I mean, it, if they're in this space, they might speak the same way, but I'm just curious. Or even if they hear it, they might know it. I wonder if they do know it. Like I, I actually like insulating Victolic. I like how the, like the PVC covers for a Victolic, if you've got one Victolic 90 going into a 45 and it's really tight, like the covers can kind of fit together like a little puzzle. So it works. So yeah, and it, and it, and it looks, looks pretty nice. Okay. But there, there's definitely room for error, especially or less room for error uh, with a Victolic system. So okay. um, that's just my opinion, I think, or it's what I've seen. So, are, you, are they giving you product training? Are they, are they just le- leaving you guys to your own devices and you guys figure it out on site? Well, so our, we're unionized. Okay. So our guys are trained through the union. So that's obviously one of the benefits of, of having a unionized workforce is that yep. we, we can have, we have the education, um, at least part of it is, 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 is supplied yeah. by, uh, by like, by the committee and by well, the, that's the nice so. thing about unions is that they offer all that year round. Right. Right. So any member can go in and take care of that and get that training. Right. Updated stuff, which is great. Yeah. But obviously, you know, you need, you need to add on to that, I think, you know, and, it, and, uh, and the training on the job is more important, arguably. Yeah. So. I'd agree with you on that, but but definitely a lot more of the technical side of our trade, which isn't always known. Um, you know, it's nice that 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 training is provided through the school. Like our guys have to learn a lot of um, patterns, similar to sheet metal patterns. Yep. Like if we're doing like a squared around duck, you know, you got to have that pattern. Um, if it's going to be, if you're going to have like a, a metal uh, jacketing on top of that, like you're going to have to have that pattern and bend it properly, and um, you know, make it know how to make a Pittsburgh end cap or whatever it might be. So I'm still surprised. And, and I think that all duck work on all platforms and all types of construction, including residential should be wrapped. Yeah. All of it. I see it more in the States. Oh, really? They yeah. do that. Eh? Yeah. I see. Like I follow a few, few. They do it because I guess they're primarily focused on the AC side of things instead of the heating side of things. Maybe in the warmer climates. You mean? Yeah. 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 It, it could be. Cause I, 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 was, I was looking into this um, maybe a year ago or something, and, and um, an air conditioner in Florida, obviously the life cycle of that is shorter than one in Toronto. Yeah. I think it was something like two years or something like that. Really? That's yeah. short. Huh? Yeah, so well, like, I mean, they're year-round almost. Right. Yeah. So, and that, again, I, I love bringing that, like correlating that back to insulation because 
you know, obviously that system, uh, like that air conditioner in Florida is working harder because it has to work and working longer. And just, it, you can kind of uh, compare it to an uninsulated system anywhere. Like it's going to work harder and longer to maintain its process temperatures or its yeah. set point temperature. Yeah. And that's going to reduce its life, life cycle. So just like a, like a different part of the world might have that effect. Are there other details that you commonly use in, in your commercial applications that you would like to see get into residential? Oh yeah, I would. I would love to see more insulation. I see some beautiful work now, like you you alluded to. Yeah, like, there is some good, especially on especially on the on the social platforms nowadays. Like there's some good HVAC guys. Yeah, they're showing off some really good work. Yeah, like I don't know if you've ever heard of like Aaron Bond. Yeah, and, like you know, yeah. I've, I've and there's guys like that. I, I love seeing them. They take real good pride in their work. You know, they got the the metal behind all their all their installs and stuff like that. It looks cool. And by the way, people, for a sheet of that metal, an eight by four, uh, you could probably find it at, I guess, specific metal places around the greater Toronto area, but probably any city anywhere. You're talking about 150 bucks at the most mm. for one sheet. Mm. And it does look pretty sweet, I think. Yeah, just a, a nice little detail. <laughs> so. It just works really well, right? Yeah. Right now, I did it my own self, like my own place, and I'm still debating whether I'm going to trim it out and frame it around it. Or right. That's just going to be a little too much <laughs> at that point. <laughs> yeah, well, you, could, you could spend uh, forever there just tweaking it to make it look awesome. But, but I just, I, I, I look at it more like, I like that they're being conscious of service future visits. Mm. That's what I like. Mm. Like I can't stand having conversations with clients. Just park the furnace right in that corner, park the hot water tank right in front of the furnace, mm. park the tankless right beside it on the side, and then somehow fit the manifold right next to it somewhere and then have a nightmare for a service person to come in here later on, whether it's a plumber or a mechanical person, right? Right. I'd like you have to give justification for spaces on, on all these units, all the way around them. Yep. And lighting. Mm. Why do these rooms have to be so horror movie lit you know what i mean where right. you guys turn on one light and it's a flickering and i'm almost looking for a pole chain light at that right. point right i'm right. like that that not in today's day and age it shouldn't be that way yeah it should be like a runway as soon as you set it up mm. it's like turn on light everything's and then now you can work right you know you can service and work mm. so that's why i was just thinking so you, i mean i'd love to see all of that come into resi and have more installation going on because can you just imagine how much more savings you're gonna have yeah by doing this yeah yeah, I'd love to see it too. We'll see, you know. I think some guys want to. Like I actually spoke, uh, I've spoken a couple of times to, to to Aaron there too. Yeah. And he's kind of receptive to it. But again, you know, he's he's got a, or, or contractors like that have to justify that cost and, and they have to pass that along. And and, and in residential, it's going to come down to the end, con end consumer. But numbers wise, if you actually explain it to the client, do they not see the math? Yeah, I... I I somebody should yeah um yeah I would love to I would love to know like the potential cost savings of like a 2,000 square foot house or something you know what I mean with a certain type of system it'd be interesting to see I mean that's the whole point of I'm like listen boilers in my opinion are always better radiant is always better in my opinion and then you have a secondary smaller furnace that handles the AC stuff because I'm not a huge fan on ductless systems hanging on the walls in different rooms because aesthetically they're not pleasing at all to the eye sorry all of Europe and all of Asia <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's basically what they do and I get it because they started on a whole boiler system but right. working with teams here now a boiler and a smaller furnace for AC so we handle both of them right but it has to be 
designed a certain way where you're moving the air. Like the purpose of a furnace and the purpose of the radiant and everything like that is designed to have comfort within one or two degrees on every single part of the house. If you're not achieving that, then it wasn't designed or installed properly. Right. And then there's a fault in the system. So now you need to figure out what the fault is. And unfortunately in resi, and even in commercial, everything's on theory. Mm. Everything's paper first designed, and then you practically install it. And if it's to the T, it should work, but sometimes it doesn't. Mm. And then you should be able to have room to modify it to figure out exactly where we improve mm. and then you improve it. So then you can have it last longer. And then also the comfort thing. I keep going like the mechanical is the comfort side of the construction things, right? So right. You, you have to have that, like you should be able to walk into a structure and not feel extremely cold or feel extremely hot. Right. It should just be comfortable. Right. right. So there's a lot of educating going on with you guys. Yeah. And there's, and there's gotta be comfort for, not only the person walking into these spaces, again, I'm going to kind of go back to mechan- uh, to commercial side, yeah. but like there's also comfort for the actual equipment itself. Yes. So, so yes. like the, the ambient temperature around uh, a piece of equipment, uh, that has some, some effect too on, on its longevity. Yeah. Like if, if it's in a extremely hot environment, it's going to wear out quicker. Like the, the grease is going to, um, the longevity of or the effectiveness of the grease is going to change on and some joints or sealants and stuff like that. So actually somebody shared, shared a, a study with me on LinkedIn about, uh, I made some post about um, protecting um, the equipment and I was referring to like condensation yeah. and the rust, you know, the rust of, uh, of a cold uh, piece of equipment. And he was saying, well, what about the heat? This study shows that um, the ambient temperature around a piece of equipment, if it's too high, it's going to reduce the effectiveness of sealants and grease and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, that's cool. That's it's another, a, that's actually true. It's very, very true. So there's, there's a few, few aspects that maybe pe- so people many, don't realize. Like, there's so the filters, there's all kinds of things that are affecting the machinery that's going on. That's taking care of your structure. And it's not until it breaks down that it becomes a question right. or a concern, right? which is, it should technically you shouldn't. You should be prepared for it, right? right? I've joked on the show before. I was like, people should take the time to listen to their house breathe. Mm. And as, as stupid as that is, like watching grass grow, right. watching paint dry, you should literally sit in your house quietly. Mm. If you got kids, pets, or whatever, get rid of all of them mm. and listen to your house breathe right. and try to get a better understanding of what is or isn't working properly. Mm. And you'll know right off the bat. If you, I mean... I've gotten better with it where now you've got sensors and you can do certain things and now you can pinpoint certain rooms. You can Mm. go all over the third story basement and you can balance everything. Now there's a way to balance things properly that that comfort is really important, but then also sit and listen to the mechanical systems breathe Mm. because they will make funny noises if certain things are going on. And then you start questioning those funny noises and find it, solve it before it becomes a problem. Right. But that's where you guys come in. This is where your professionality is, right? Like that's. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. You, you know, I like how you worded that with like, you listen to your house and I wonder where it's going to go with, with technology. And we have like, you know, we have AI coming, coming to fruition here and stuff like that. Like, I feel like um, there's going to be computer programs or, or AI platforms that are going to be able to listen to your house before it's even built. And like all these small little variables are all going to be accounted for when we have such, you know, increasing computer power with these specific algorithms. I would, I would love to see that personally. So, you know, like it might actually take into account the sealant 
uh, and the temperature coming off of this, you know, who knows? Like they could with with the increasing computer power, like it could it could um, manage so many variables. A little spooky, eh? It's actually kind of spooky, but good at the same time, right? Like you're starting to think about it, it will be able to read everything before it's happening yeah. and then make assumptions on what might potentially be. Like all of a sudden, now it starts to become how, right? At this point, all right. of a sudden, it's like a how 9000 is telling you all, well, you know, Dave, the furnace is going to blow up soon, so get out of the house kind of thing, right? To that extreme. But, I mean, it would be able to tell you, like, right now, what, what homeowners to the extent of is t- daylight savings, change the batteries in your smoke alarm. Mm. That's the extent of our knowledge, right, when it comes to a homeowner, right? I don't know any homeowner that cleans out an HRV filter. Right. Like, this is just regular maintenance stuff. Yeah. But that's where it goes back to listening to the house breathe, right? But you're right. right. I, I totally see all of that happening and being a part. I can see, like, systems like Eaglebee and other uh, technology-based apps that are getting connected now. It's gone or the days are just flipping a, a thermostat up and down anymore, right? I can right. see that being completely advanced. Yeah, for sure. And giving you a lot more information about what's going on in your house. Yep. Yeah, based on, like, the energy output, like, or, yeah, used, yeah. I, I like I like thinking about the tech side of construction, too, a little bit. Uh, I know it's going to be important. I'm trying to incorporate that in where I can now, you know, whether it's estimating software or whatever, but I... AI is going to, AI is going to change our industry. I think like specifically when you think about, um, like, uh, specification. Yeah. Like you're not going to in five, 10 years, like, who knows, I could be completely wrong here, but in, in one reality, I can see there us not reading a spec. You're going to talk to a spec. I could see that. You just, just think about with chat GPT now, yeah. like you, you, can ask it questions and it responds to you in conversational English. Yes. So imagine you're like for in our trade, for example, imagine we're, we're walking on a, uh, on a, on a job site or maybe it's in the, or, or yeah, let's say it's in, you're walking on the job site. You know, everything's there. You don't have your notes. You don't have your plan. I I know exactly where you you, you could just, you could just be like, Oh, um, this three inch chilled water pipe. What, what insulation is required? And then boom, boom, boom. It's just going to like, Oh, this, Three-inch chilled water pipe is going to require inch and a half. I thick. bet you guys are trying it right now. Yeah, probably. I bet you they're going on since they went on a mobile platform like a month ago or something like that. So now I bet you in their money they're going on the job site and they're just confirming what's yeah. already been designed and confirming that it will work right. the way it says it's supposed to work. Yep. Yeah, it's a, it's a consultant in your hand yeah. now. You know, like so. Yeah, I can, I can see. It's funny how technology is, it's kind of going a different way, I think, than most people thought. Like that when you thought, you know, 20 years ago, oh, it's going to take away the, the hard labor jobs, you know, like uh, I think you mentioned before on a podcast, like the bricklayer. It's going to yeah. get, it, or, you know, but it's those jobs that are going to be harder to, 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 uh, for, for tech to take over. Yeah. Because, you know, you need a, an extremely efficient power source to, have a human robot walking around. You know what I mean? Like it can be done. Like there's, there's tech out there now where they're manipulating uh, scaffolding or whatever, but to have that where it's so widespread that it can actually be doing a job. I don't know, but um, it's taking away like almost like the white collar jobs where, you know, it, it can, it's, it can manipulate, it can research, it can do its own research. It can analyze data and like, that's the white collar stuff, right? Like, yeah. so well, it's going to reduce the office yeah. part of your trade. Right. 
Like you technically won't need the office anymore. Your office is going to be with you with a device. You're not going to need, you're almost not going to need engineers, I feel like. It's true. <laughs> I, I, no, no, it's, it's very, very true because the thing is, and I, I wouldn't doubt if there's some engineers right now that are using the platforms. Yeah, and I don't want to say, oh, yeah, like engineers, like they're not useful or no, anything no, by any no, means. No, 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 no. But like it's, it's going to be able to, ant- like I can picture tech or AI that will be able to analyze current technology, current materials, current building codes, and then compile that into a specification based on what an owner or a stakeholder prioritizes. And they can, it's going to be able to generate a spec based on priorities. Well, I mean, we already, we have scanning machines that are robots that are walking around and drawing out wall layouts. Right. Specifically where they're going to be. Mm. Dotted lines, door openings, fixed walls, load-bearing walls. That's already happening. Mm. You already have, this has been going on for years, you already have measuring devices that get attached to saws. So you don't have to constantly pull out a tape measure and a pencil. You actually digitally input it, and it moves along the glide. glide. Mm. And all of a sudden, now you can cut it exactly, and it's cutting exactly that measurement. So all this stuff is, like, you can start seeing window and door manufacturers already to measure, scan, a framed house mm. we know exactly what every single opening is like that's already happening so mechanically speaking that's all math that's all numbers that's that's data that can mm. be inputted right captured and then inputted and then calculated and then spat out right and here it is right it's done so it's like you are like you said it's kind of eliminating eliminating the the engineer component of it right right or the heat loss calculation component of it because they're figuring it out for you right like you're going to need to have checks and balances in place obviously and you you know probably but that's your experience doing that right right you're contributing to that you're double check you're the teacher now right you know a plus here you go right Right. and then just move on from there but at least it, it makes your business more efficient so then you can get onto other jobs sooner but also complete current jobs faster right and more efficiently and better probably right so yeah because yeah. yeah there's less um there's less lost in translation i feel yes. like too especially like yeah. you know where if we're going back to talking about a specification like there might be a bunch of technical jargon in there and you know how how awesome it would it be if you could just ask questions in regular conversational english and it responds to you the same way so that you're able to complete it properly without having to you know uh get definitions from a from a dictionary about what a certain spec it's a funny like there, says. you're not the first person to start bringing this up and, and i've always talked about how construction is always like a dinosaur mm. we're always last of the game when it comes to technology but i i i think in the last couple of years i started looking at construction more as like compound interest Okay. It's a slow and steady growth at first when you're just starting out. Right. But then all of a sudden there's a huge spike when it starts to compound. And I think that there's so much technology going on now mm. that we're just going to have this huge spike mm. contributing to the growth of the industry, which hopefully will just expand the industry. Mm. Right. Like, I mean, I think Canada is like um a, a child in construction right now like we have the potential to be so much bigger in mm. construction mm. because of our resources and what we have and what we can do right and i'm like i'm gonna see the huge jump like because tech is gonna help us jump right and then all of a sudden you're gonna start seeing a lot of young people getting into trades because of that they're gonna be like seeing there's possibilities here mm. like i mean i get that this is how it was done for 
decades and swinging a hammer and this is what all done. But now you're going to start talking like I was just recently at a, at a business where I can't share it just yet, but it's, it's got something to do with prefabrication. Okay. And I'm watching this unfold right in front of my eyes. And mm. I'm like, this is 2023. Mm. And I'm like, this is basically 2030 shit. This is 2040 shit that's going on here. And when you start talking about the data and they start explaining it to me on what used to take this long mm. is now taking a fraction of the time. Mm. And we're getting this out so much faster now. So basically, in theory, you can build a 10,000 homes this much faster now. Right. Because of technology. Yeah, prefab is going to be big. It's even, you know, I'm seeing it. In but it's mechanically, like they're smart mechanically prefabbed units. Right. They're already preparing for the future of it and also modular future of it. Right. So even if you're buying one section of it, um, and like I said, I can't talk about this, <laughs> but I'm talking about it. Um, the way I, w- I was fascinated by how you can just connect it to a net, another one mm. and everything mechanically is already set up right. to the point of fire sprinklers and safety. Mm. It's, it's literally plug and play. Mm. And you're like, this is insane, man. Yeah. But then when they started telling me the numbers of how quickly this is turning compared to what it was 10 years ago, this is insane. Right. And then the global reach it has. So I was really proud of the fact that this is happening in our own backyard here in Canada, which is great. Right. But it's being sold globally. Mm. And they're one of the leaders. And this is, this is the future of it. So now you've got tradespeople that are working in conditioned spaces mm. at a set pace, right. doing quality work, mm. and making sure checks and balances are all done properly. Right. And it's all being driven by... It's all data and computer. It's all engineer that designed all this software to put it all together. And you're like going, this is insane where this industry is going. So that's why I was comparing mm. it to compound. And it's just going to have a huge spike in it. I'd say in the next five years. Yeah. Yeah. They, what's the saying? I think it's like overnight success is, is slow. Yeah. You know, there's, there's that process behind somebody who has overnight success that you don't see. Right. And it's something similar. It's cool. I like it. There's lots of there's lots of cool tech. So there's lots of opportunity, which brings me up to like, okay, so where's the future of your industry going? Like, how much better can we get, or are they complicating the structures and the the systems so much that it becomes more of a challenge or less of a challenge for you guys, or are we kind of tapping out on how the systems are being built? Um, yeah, there's definitely new challenges compared to 20, 30 years ago. Like okay. now, for example. Um, you know, the building envelopes have been sealed like crazy where there's like little leakage, but we've seen a little bit of issues with that with our trade because that has reduced the amount of airflow. So has, um, you know, has in some cases increased the, the, um, the chance of condensation for, for, for chilled water piping or something. Yeah. So like that's, that's a little one. And then you're going to have to adjust, adjust materials for that. So, you know, instead of using fiberglass, maybe we're going to have to use, um, like, the elastomeric insulation, which is, like, that black rubber. It's okay. A, it's, a, it's a better product. doesn't absorb water. You know, you can seal it completely. More expensive? A lot more? Definitely. A yeah. lot more. Uh, so, but, you know, when you pair it with some of these technologies that you're talking about, you know, you can make efficiency somewhere else, and maybe you can deliver an overall better product. So I'm a huge advocate about overall not line items man i don't i'll never argue line items i go get away from me i want to see the overall if it's benefiting other departments it's benefiting the overall scope right i don't care how expensive that one particular line item is right we're not talking about luxury stuff here we're talking about practical mechanical stuff here right yeah that's why i think it's uh you fight for that Mm. at that point 
Yeah. So, but I mean, it's just, it's, it's an uphill battle. Like, I mean, you're not dealing necessarily with homeowners. You're dealing with site, like supervisors and maintenance people and things like that. And yep. then they have to explain it to their board and right. they have to get approvals and all this other stuff. So now it becomes construction by committee you know what i mean and then you got to wonder how many people on the committee actually know anything about construction right, right. and then they're just looking at numbers and saying yay or nay at that point right which right. becomes a challenge for you because you wish you could be there to speak right to defend it and go guys this is based on my experience where should this is where we should go yeah this that's a really good point that's that's uh that's where um, it's a bit of a struggle sometimes because a lot of times we're we're primarily a subcontractor. Yeah. So you know we're working in these facilities through a mechanical. That's where there's a bit of a challenge because there is that there is that um, that middleman um, relaying information. So I, I uh, that's why I like to try and explain some stuff on LinkedIn or whatever, um, just so you know, mechan- our mechanical partners can be um, more prepared when they speak to their customers. Yeah. Because the way I see it, insulation is a value add and, you know, they can, they can relay the, the best possible solution or the best possible product if they know more from, from our end. So are there any mechanical teams you want to shout out to that you like working with or you, you just like them all? Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, we we do a lot of work with Black and McDonald. They're oh, okay. Yeah, they're yeah. they're 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 good to work for. Um, I know I mentioned you know a couple buildings down here, Silaps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we've done quite a bit of work there with uh, Canadian Tech Air Systems. They're, they've been a long time uh, a mechanical partner of ours, and it's yeah. So there's a couple there, but so you get when you see their work, you kind of get an understanding that they're the job's done properly. Or you hear you look at spec wise and like okay, yeah. oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like, you know, and I think they they appreciate a good insulator too because, you know, who's who's covering your work that you're doing? You know, like a lot of the cases when you walk into a mechanical room, you're seeing our stuff covering your stuff. So it should be at least to to the standard that you're operating yeah. at, right? Like yeah. that's where I, I sometimes I sometimes laugh where it's like, you know, you want to make a shortcut or save a few bucks, but you know, it can affect the overall appearance of, of your install and the, the longevity of your install yep. too, right? So but so if you got any kids out there or some trades that maybe want to jump ship, like what are you expecting or what, what, what should they know if they want to get into this segment of the industry? Well, it's, uh, it's booming right now. Like there's... Uh, yeah, that's what I figured, There's right? nobody... Like there's, there's like a handful of guys on the list in, in our trade right now. You know? Wow. And uh, I think something that people don't know is, you know, our our guys make uh, make six figures. <laughs> I was about to say, you guys make good money. So, like, like a mechanical insulator, like uh, you're part of the local ninety five, like you're making just over hundred k on thirty six hour work weeks. So that's before you factor in overtime and all that kind of stuff. So. You want to just repeat that, Darren? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think people know that. So, but um, yeah, so no, it's good money because it's good skill. And I mean, and, and it's it's not a terribly hard, it's not one of the hardest trades out there. It's well, challenging. Yeah, you definitely, there's there's different um, difficulties, I guess. Yes. Um, like there's no, there's no like heavy lifting per se. Like there is some heavier materials, but obviously compared to like piping and stuff like that, you know, you're, we're not using cranes to lift our pieces of equipment up, right? Like yeah. the installation is relatively light. But what I would say to somebody who might be interested in it is, you know, obviously 
you got to have a little bit of tolerance for that itchy fiberglass. You know, I sprinkle it on my cereal now and it's, it's, you know, it's all good. It's a little added flavor, but no, it's something you got to get in the spice drawer. <laughs> yeah. Something you got to get used to, but yeah. if you, but it's not always that material, right? Like that's what's, uh, it's a, such a wide variety of materials we use, you know? Um, but there's like a little, uh, there's a good aspect of, of art. Well, there's an art in all trades, I think. Yes. Me personally, in my opinion. I totally agree. Um, but with ours, I think there's there's a certain level of flexibility to how it can be installed because our our materials aren't as um, uh, permanent, I guess, for lack of a better word. Okay. Like some of it is more flexible. You know, like if we're insulating like a chilled water pump, um, it's pretty intricate and has different, you know, grooves and circular and a yep. valve and all this kind of stuff. And if you're insulating that with like elastomeric insulation, which is like kind of that black rubber that people refer to it as, like it, it can be kind of like a piece of art that you can curve around all, all the components of, of, uh, of the equipment. So well, that's skill too, right? Like, I mean, that's not your first day you get on there and all of a sudden. Oh, definitely. Yes. Right? Spe- especially like a, <laughs> a chilled water pump, especially like if you're going to, if you're going to do that in rubber or an armaflex, like that is a skill yeah. to make it look good and, and make sure it's insulated where it's completely sealed and it's not going to sweat. That's definitely some it. of the new guys create dogs breakfast. Oh yeah. The first time. And that's a hard one because even, uh, elastomeric insulation, the, the rubber, it's a relatively new, newer material, okay. I'd say like, you know, it's really come, uh, become popular in the last maybe 10, 15 years. Yeah. I, th- I, I think so. You know, it's, it's, it's gotten more since I've been in the trade, it's gotten more prominent. Um, but it is more expensive, but it is just a, it's, it's a great product. So, but you definitely, definitely have to learn And the schools don't really pr- they're starting to provide more training on it. Okay. But um, it's something where you, like I, I had to learn from a special, we had a rubber guy. Okay. Like he was like the rubber guy, you know, like <laughs> the I got rubber to, wrangler. Right. Like, okay. you know, so I think every, a lot of installation contractors have that guy or that crew, you know, like yeah. not everyone can kind of do the, the rubber equipment rubber, but. And that shows up on, I guess, the budgets that are there or there are certain engineers or, or certain clients that are specking that specifically. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. So yeah, they see the value attached to it. Yeah, it'll get spec specifically, and and depending on if it's like a f- a pharmaceutical, uh, like depending on the type of facility too, like they might there might be a, a, bit, a larger ten- tendency to use that type of material. Are repairs far more challenging for that specific type of material? Yeah, that material, even just a traditional uh, insulation. I mean, you guys going in to do a repair, is it a slightly different mindset, or you kind of just tackle it the same way? Yeah, for the most part, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, you just, you know, there's obviously different uh, things to consider. Like you, like if you're doing a repair, you just have to make sure that you're you're butting up to the existing insulation system and, and yeah. sealing it appropriately. Otherwise, it, it could fail. So, but, um, you know, you're going to do that with a new install too when in between sections and stuff like that. Are there any situations that you came across that... I, doesn't matter if you got in there at the time that you wanted to get in there because you, you're being allowed to get into every nook and cranny. But is there a situation where someone something has been built that you couldn't get to all of it? Yeah, that that happens, right? That's an issue. Yeah. Okay. Like I like that's one thing I've talked about. I've posted about on LinkedIn where it's like you know you know when you're at your like pre-site meeting, maybe you're the mechanical contractor, the general contractor. It's definitely something to like consider. You know, leaving enough space for insulation. Or scheduling um, 
um, certain parts of the install where you're allowing for insulation of a certain area um, before you put equipment below it or something like yeah. that, right? Like you got to kind of you got to kind of consider that. But are you fighting inspections at that point? Where yeah, it's a challenge. I'm not gonna say it's easy. Yeah, yeah, because the stuff's got to be tested too, right? So the system's got to be tested, and yet you guys got to be wrapped, and then you can't get into a certain. Or you try to hire the smallest guy that you could possibly find, <laughs> yeah. or so, smallest hands, or whatever it is, right? That's but, that's what it comes down to a lot yeah, of times. Yeah. <laughs> you so know. you get a six foot four guy coming in, you're going, "Listen, you're not going to be that valuable, man." No, you're sliding in there and you're <laughs> you're like pulling him out by his feet. So you know, show up with a tool belt and a jug of Vaseline or something, <laughs> yeah. and then we can get you to do the job, man. But exactly. yeah, I mean this this has been amazing, Darren. Like I, this is totally new to me, and it, like next time I've been in in a mechanical room, and I like those spaces because I like going into those, like you said earlier on they're sometimes a work of art, man. Like they're just done properly and you appreciate the work that's been put in there, right? Including the insulation that's attached to it, right? So yep. we covered a lot. Was there anything else that we, we wanted, you wanted to share, you want to talk about? Um, not really. Uh, I think, uh, you know, there's one thing I want to talk about, but I know we've been talking about it forever, but you know, it's just uh, like... It's a construction show. We all talk about construction and still people that are not in construction don't understand how we can still carry a conversation yeah. about construction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could, I could talk forever probably, but yeah, yeah I, I think that's, that's pretty good. I, I just, I think, uh, you know, the construction worker per se, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely evolving. And I think, um, I think, uh, yeah, we have to, we have to take care of each other out there. So, yep. um, I think, um, I think the health of, of the of the industry members should be considered more too you know like uh i'm i'm big on on making sure that you're taking the proper rest and and um and recovery when it comes to our work like we, it's a pretty demanding job yeah you're challenging environments right yeah it, it, they are on your body too breathing and just exerting working it's challenging yeah i, I think you know it when you think about uh, careers, like a, an athlete, just think about the type of recovery an athlete goes through. Like they've got a huge team, obviously, which we can't match, but like they're going to... Would be nice. Would be nice. <laughs> but like, I, I would love for us to take kind of components of, of, uh, of professional sports teams and, and uh, apply it to construction teams. Wouldn't it be awesome if you, if your, if your shop had like an ice bath oh. and you know, like you could, you could really properly take care of yourself and recover like i i, I feet would, I would knees love to see that. back yeah specialists uh. massage no one wants to be crippled i think that would help a yeah. lot too with with uh you know for for retention um there's a lot of physical demands on every single tradesperson that's working on i mean there's certain trades that are not that physically demanding but uh there's still some physical attached to it Yep. And the thing is, everyone just kind of shrugs it off in their 20s and 30s. And then they start realizing, well, that shrug actually hurts to shrug it off. Right. It still hurts, right? Yeah. But I mean, yeah, you, you do. I agree with you. You got to take care of yourself. I've always said it. I've done it before. I've had massage therapists come on the job site. And I'm like, here, here you go. Set up two tables and start doing it, right? Like, take a little break. Take a half hour break. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Right? I've done it before and everyone thought it was a joke. I was like, I'm not <laughs> joking. I'm going first. I don't care, man. Right. Like, it's just because I know how demanding it is, right? Yeah. Plus on a hot summer day or a cold winter day, like it's it's even harder on you, right? Like your your muscles are tense, everything. And now you got to work and you got to lift things. You got to move things. You got to, it's challenging, man. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we all got to watch out for each other. Everybody wants to start today. Everybody wants to end today. Yep. Um, and you're right, 100%, that the, the industry is, is, is it's moving fast. Mm. 
And there's also plenty of opportunities. So I was glad to hear that you were saying that there's a lot of, there's a good paycheck behind this. Yep. Great paycheck, right? Yeah. And I know we, we talked earlier about how, you know, they, it shouldn't be all about the paycheck, no, but you know, no. people have different motivations. Yeah. So if that's one of your motivations, that's great. But there's a lot of learning opportunity here too. Yeah. And it's a, and it's, it, it's a purposeful trade too. Yeah. You know, I really, I really believe that, you know, we're, we're protecting, you know, people and places. So. It's awesome, Darren. Okay, we got to still do the 12 questions. If, um, Angelina, you do me a favor and find them. Because <laughs> I've never memorized them. I kind of have them in my head. But Darren Sloan here, all temperature thermal installations, LTD, www.alltempinstallations.com, and Darren at alltempinstall.com. And on Facebook, it's all temperature thermal installations. And then on IG, it's all underscore temperature underscore installations on IG. And LinkedIn, you're posting more on LinkedIn, eh? Yeah, I'm, I'm Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, I'm trying to maybe up that a little bit. I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of potential with social. So we just did a couple of rounds. Oh, thank you very much. So everything was all over the place. <laughs> all the rules changed. So now I finally got it. Sorry about that. Oh, good. Uh, people like these twelve questions. So yeah, ready, Fritz? Yeah, sure. Let's go. Uh, what's your favorite construction word? Favorite construction word. Um, I think. Probably protect. I'm going to go back to that one. It's a good one. What's your least favorite construction word? Shortcut. And shortcut, I mean, when it's... Not Indiana know, Jones. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> and the, when it's affecting quality, let's say. Yeah. You know? It's true uh, because it's motivated by money. Right. Like efficiency is a different thing than a shortcut. You know what I mean? So. Yes. Yes. What turns you on in construction? I'd say uh, helping people. What turns you off in construction? Having to pay to get paid. Having to pay to get paid. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Taking legal action just to get compensated. That sucks. That's happen a lot? Not not too much. It happens know? more in residential, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm sure, right? You guys just get delays. Yeah, you're you're floating. You're floating ninety days, if not more. Yeah. That's scary sometimes and then you have the the occasional you know in all temps 30 years you know there's been a few times where it's big lump sum that's just not coming or not coming without a fight at least so welcome to construction <laughs> yeah <laughs> so what's your favorite curse word i gotta go with the f-bomb i think uh, so of course what's your favorite vehicle anything in the world i think i'm gonna go to my childhood car dodge viper rt10 i'm not a big car guy but that was just uh that one sticks out and it's they only did Two generations of it? Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't around too long. Well, all that, all that torque was just too much. So technically, Shelby's last designed vehicle. Okay, I think it was his last designed vehicle. Okay, um, and and he did a good job with it. You're a car guy. I'm I'm slightly a car. I've got my favorites, right? But it's just like uh, I'm a huge fan of Carroll Shelby. Okay. A huge fan of what he did. I like that he kicked Ferrari's ass, even mm. though Ferraris are a certain stigma or whatever attached to it. But mm. uh, he just had balls, right? So mm. whenever he designed things, he designed things a certain way. And then when he came out with the Viper, I was like, it's refreshing to see balls back in the '80s, right? You know what I mean? Because balls were in the '60s, '50s, '70s. But they disappeared for a little while, and then they came right back, right? <laughs> and it was Carol that brought them back, right? So, nice. Uh, what's your least favorite vehicle in the world? I'd go with like the Volkswagen Bug, yeah, the new generation crap. Any thing. of them, I think. Uh, so. <laughs> the one that if it's transforming into a a, a transformer, maybe it's okay. Oh, but. Yeah, right. <laughs> what's uh, what construction sound or noise do you love? Um, 
I think just like the medley of like guys chirping and talking and the music going, I think, you know, when, when there's nothing too loud going on, you can kind of hear that stuff. I think that's, that's kind of cool. It's a nice vibe. What construction sound or noise do you hate? Uh, just a, that high pitch in some mechanical, some commercial mechanical rooms got like a high pitch, like whining. You got to wear the earplugs and, you know, the it, air or no, the drill, the, the some, tools. some equipment. Yeah. Oh, okay, like yeah. equipment right. running, you know, either that or grinding maybe. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day? Um, I think I'd like to do something in the arts, like write or draw. Um, I did. I actually wrote a kid's book during COVID. Did you? Yeah. And uh, published it on Amazon. Nice. But uh, that was just kind of like a, just to see if I could get something out. I'd like to actually maybe do something seriously where... Do, do you, some, you some, sci- share, do some you sci-fi. Share the title of it so people can go on Amazon and buy it. <laughs> um, Solo the rocket ship. It's called Solo the rocket ship. Yeah, it's awesome. It's a kid's book, but uh, I just uh, I wrote a little poem for my boys, and then uh, got a fr- got a freelancer to do the illustrations, and away we went. So. That's amazing. Yeah. How long did it take you? Um, to write the poem, it took me like an hour. Okay. But then like to do the storyboards and all that kind of stuff with like the illustrator, like that, that took, I think like a couple months or something like that, but just kind of back and forth, not like working on it all the time, but congrats, man. And now you want to work on science fiction. Yeah. I I got a thing for space. So I, I, you know, something like a graphic novel or comic book or something would be cool. Well, you got all the mechanical know-how to throw in that. Moving machinery. They're going to be well-insulated spaceship, you know, so. <laughs> what profession would you not like to do? Uh, I think it's got to be, like, daycare. I love my boys, but, like, looking after, like, 23-year-olds, like, that's that's a superpower. <laughs> Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? This is an interesting one, Manny. I feel like you could have a whole podcast on, on, <laughs> Just on, on, this, that on one? this last question with everybody, but. Um, I tend to think that it's like, I like to think of, you know, making the most of this, this one and only life or something. But if, if I'm having a fun thought experiment and I go there and there's a God, I maybe, maybe just, you did good. Are you ready for the next round? That's, a, that's <laughs> all you need to say, man. Pleasure there and having you on the show, man. Oh, thanks. I thanks appreciate so it. much, honestly, to enlighten everybody. And, uh, I'm sure that you'll probably get reached out. Like some guys will probably reach out and might want to hop ship. Yeah, like uh, yeah. if anyone want, has any questions about insulation, you know, I, I love talking about it. You know, it's a yeah. passion of mine. So and just reach out. And I really appreciate the opportunity to talk. No, so. no problem at all. Thank you so much. You reached out and we got talking right away. And I was like, going, I'm fascinated by this, man. I'm fascinated by anything to do with construction. So mm. it was good. Thank you. And everybody, check them out again. Darren Sloan over at All Temperature Thermal Installations and www.alltempinstallations.com. Darren, reach him at uh, Darren at alltempinstall.com and All Temperature Thermal Installations on Facebook and All underscore Temperature underscore Installations on IG. Thanks, man. Thank you. That's it. We're out of here, Angelina.